0: Well, good morning, and welcome again to Southwoods. You look very red. (laughs) Are you ready? (laughs) This is a big day at Southwoods. And honestly, I'm just so glad to see you here. I said to Greg, do you think they'll come? It's the Super Bowl, but you are here and I'm so glad that you're here and I'm glad that you're hanging in there for a little bit longer. We've already had a wonderful couple of messages and worship this morning, but I'm so glad that you're here this morning because today we are going to talk exactly about what this video described and that is the opportunity for us to grow together in groups here at Southwoods. Last week, Greg started a new series which is all about 2020 vision and he started with the grace of God. And of course, that's a wonderful place to start because that's where our journey starts, isn't it? There's every single one of us, as we sang Amazing Grace last week, without the instruments, I mean, I think every one of us was just moved to know that if it not be for the grace of God we would all be in a lot of trouble. And so we're so grateful uh, for the grace of God. It's the beginning part of our journey. But another G word that helps describe our journey towards God is this idea of growth, this idea of groups. And it's an important aspect of our journey. And I can't help but notice that today we are connected. We're connected because we love the Kansas City Chiefs, right? And so that's why we're wearing red, that's why we're excited about this big game, and we feel connection about that. And it all has to do with our wonderful team and our wonderful city, it connects us. Lots of things connect us. <clears throat> Earlier this fall, Greg and I were in, uh, on our sabbatical, we had the opportunity to go to Grand Teton National Park, which again, we highly recommend, one of the most beautiful places to see God's creation. We love going there. And one evening, we did as we always do, we take one evening to go to Leeks Marine where they serve some delicious pizza and God serves up the most beautiful views of Jackson Lake and the Teton range. And so we were there having a wonderful evening and I kind of saw, Greg and I saw this gal, little girl, about 10 years old, going from table to table, a lot of energy. And finally she got to our table and she said, are you from Kansas City? And we said, We are. We are from Kansas City. And I immediately looked at Greg's head to see if he had on like a Royals hat or I had on like a Chiefs shirt, but we didn't. And I said, how did you know we're from Kansas City? And she said, I saw your truck in the parking lot. I saw your license plates. I saw the the things that we say there about the Royals. I think it says uh, Kansas City Royals around our license plate. And so she said, I've been going from table to table trying to find out who's from Kansas City. So we were immediately connected with this darling little girl. Then she introduced us to her parents, and we again were connected over our beloved city. But then we realized they're campers. They had a trailer, we had a trailer, so we talked about camping. And then we kept talking because they're also connected to ministry. And so like for 45 minutes, we met strangers in the state of Wyoming and talked to them and had the best connection. I still am talking about this wonderful experience that we had. Why? Because this little girl looked at her license plate, and had the courage to go table to table to find the people that she was connected to. It was a wonderful experience. It happened to us also in Israel about almost 10 years ago with our son, Josh. He was wearing his ORU shirt because that's the school that he was uh, attending. And we were climbing Mount Carmel, which of course is the place where Elijah you know, prevailed over the prophets of Baal, right? It's a wonderful, sacred place. And we're climbing, and I see up him up ahead of me, and I see a gentleman stop as he's coming down from the mountain. And first mom thought is, oh, no, what'd they do? Josh and his buddies, you know, they're in trouble. But they weren't in trouble at all. This guy was from London, England. And as he's coming down from the place where Elijah, you know, conquered the prophets of Baal, he sees our son with an ORU shirt and he stops and he says, My son goes to ORU. And so here we are in Israel on this beautiful mountain that has all kinds of important influence and significance to our faith, talking to a man from London, England about a college in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Why? Because of a t shirt. <laughs> Things connect us. Teams, T-shirts, places, and what I've learned is that all of us desire to be connected. There are things that connect us. There are places that connect us, and I believe that God desired one of the purposes of his church is to be a place where people connect, and it shows up all throughout Scripture, that God desires for the church to be a place and for each of us to be people who regularly connect with others. The first way it shows up is in creation. In the very first chapter of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, did you know there's a song in the creation story? I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's a song, and it goes like this. And God said, and it was so, and God saw that it was good. That song is sung throughout the whole creation story. And God said, you can say it with me, and God said, and it was so, and God said, it is good. I mean, on the first day, God said, let there be light, and it was so, and God said, it is good. On the second day, God said, let the sun and the moon and the stars give their light, and it was so, and God said, it is very good. On the third day, God said, let the waters of the earth be gathered together into rivers, into oceans, into streams, and then let the mountains appear and the valleys be formed. And God said it, and it was so, and God said that it was good. And then on the fourth day, God said, let plants and trees and vegetation and bushes and flowers come forth from that land, and let fish fill the sea, and let birds fill the air. God said it. And it was so, and God said it was good. And again and again, the song of creation is sung throughout Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. God said it, it was so, and it was good. But then, the final verse of the song comes to a screeching halt. God creates a man in his own image, the crowning act of his creation. God looks at this man who bears his likeness, who's made in his very image. And for the first time, God says, not good. And you might scratch your head and say, wait a minute, what's not good? What's not good about this man with no sin? He hasn't even sinned yet. What's not good about this man? No disobedience. There's nothing here to mess up the relationship between this man and our God. How can this not be good? This human being is in a state of of perfect intimacy. He's in the garden. He's walking with God. He's talking with God. He's known by God. He's loved by God. He's just been created. He's freshly created. What in the world could not be good? And of course you know what it was. God says it's not good that this man should be what? Alone. And so then we read this in the scripture, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 through 25. Then God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper who's just right for him. So the Lord formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one of them. He gave names to all the livestock and all the birds of the sky and all the wild animals. But there was still no helper just right for him. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and he closed up the opening. And then the Lord God made a woman from that very rib and he brought her to the man. And he exclaimed, at last, this one, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She'll be called woman for she was taken from man. And then the commentator of this text says, this explains why a man leaves his father leaves his mother, and is joined to his wife, and the two are united in one. Eve was created for Adam. Adam was created for Eve. And from that time on, there became not only the potential, but the need for intimacy, the desire for relationship, the need for fellowship, community, connection. And the truth is, we thrive as human beings in the commitment of a wonderful marriage. We thrive there. We thrive in the love of an unconditional family. We grow and find our contentment in the relationship of genuine, authentic fellowship and friendship. And from the very beginning, Genesis reminds us that we were created to be connected in relationship with others. It's not like I'm a needy person. No, it's in your DNA. Adam was alone alone. And the screeching, wonderful song came to a halt. The creation song came screechingly to a halt when God said, it is not good for anybody to be alone. And so from the very first chapter of the Bible, we see that God wants us to be connected. Secondly, we see it in the life of the best man that ever lived on earth, and that would, of course, be our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. I was thinking about it earlier as we celebrated Christmas this year. His very name, Emmanuel, means what? God with us. His name screams, I want to be connected to you. God with us. Jesus continued to live out his name. He lived in close relationship with others. I always have thought about this. He could have said, God, you know, I'm going to go to earth because that's what I know you want me to do. And I'll follow through with the plan. But I'm going to just stay on some beautiful island out there in the Pacific Ocean pretty much by myself. And then when it's time, I'll come and and do the mission. He could have said, no, I'm going to go to a beautiful, cozy fishing cabin in the mountains somewhere. But no, that didn't happen, did it? Jesus lived among the people. He took up residence. He moved right in, not even to the best part of town. (laughs) And he shared his life with people. He chose to live among us. One of his final prayers before he he did die for our sins uh, was not a prayer for the disciples and for us to experience wealth or to experience success or prosperity or power or even that the mission would succeed. No, instead, this is a beautiful prayer if you've not ever read it, In the book of John, chapter 17, look at what he says. John, chapter 17, verse 20 says, I am praying not only for these disciples, the 12, but also for all of those who would believe in me through their message. That would be us. And what does he pray? I pray that they will be one. Isn't it interesting that his desire for the disciples would be that they not be silos of self-identity. Here's Peter, here's Andrew, here's John. No, he wanted them to stay connected because he knew that if people saw unity and harmony, there would be power, there would be strength, there would be energy, energy like we even feel today. There would be support of one another. Jesus lived a life of connectedness, of relational connectedness. And the greatest thing of all is not only was he Emmanuel, God, with us, but in his very final act on the cross, it too, it too was all about an act of connection. Not necessarily connecting us with each other, but connecting us with whom? Our Heavenly Father. The whole purpose that Jesus died on the cross, as we know, was to remove the veil that by his blood, Hebrews tells us, we would have access to the Father in a new and different way like never before. John, or Paul says it best in Romans chapter 5. Look at this. He says, For since our friendship with God was restored, where? By the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. And now, friends we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship. Do you see the connection there? We now have a wonderful new relationship because of the grace, as Greg talked about last week. Wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us now enemies no more. We are friends of God. In his final act, Jesus was still about this idea of connecting Now connecting us to the best friend we could ever have, our Heavenly Father. And so I hope you're beginning to see that through creation, the very first chapters of the Bible, to the very best man on earth, Jesus Christ, the the importance of connection has been lived out. And it doesn't stop there, because if you keep reading your Bible, we know that not only in creation and in the life of Christ, but in the early church, This was so important, this idea of connecting to one another. Listen to these words from Acts chapter 2, very familiar to all of you. Those who believed what Peter said that day on the southern steps of the temple, for those of you who have been to Israel, they were baptized and added to the church that very day, about 3,000 in all. And all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And now they're a part of the church, Right? And so do they just stop connecting? No, keep reading. A deep sense of awe came over all of them. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place They shared everything that they had. They sold their property and their possessions, and they shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, what did the Lord do to this wonderfully connected group of people? He liked it. He added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I mean, when you read Acts chapter 2, does it sound like a a disconnected bunch of people who occasionally check in with a random text or an email every now and then just to touch base? I mean, look again at the words that we've underlined here. They met together in one place, like we're doing this morning. They shared everything they had. They shared the money with those who were in need. They worshiped together at the temple. They met in the homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while keeping a positive attitude, even in the midst of, might I add, persecution. They are praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And the Lord, like I said, added. The Lord added to their number. This, friends, is a well-connected church. And if we had time, we'd continue today to dig into the New Testament. And in the New Testament, we see the Lord not only suggesting or encouraging, but actually commanding us to stay connected. He says, I want you to stay connected. And he says again and again these kind of words throughout the epistles of the New Testament love one another, pray for one another, serve one another, greet one another. Encourage one another, meet often with one another, worship regularly with one another. I think it's safe to say that God's desire is that we as a church be one another kind of connected people. Don't you think it's safe to say? You can see it sprinkled throughout all of scripture from the creation story to the life of Christ to the early church to the ongoing church of the New Testament. God's design is for us to relationally connect with each other. So how do we do it? Well, I recently read an article uh, which is written by actually one of my friends, Rick Cromie. He wrote a a story uh, called The Friendship Factor in a column that I read regularly called Refresh the Church. And I wanted to share it with you. He says, friends are hard to come by these days. And then he added these words that got my attention, especially at church. He said, in an age of social media, (laughs) in an age of instant connections, authentic community is a rare thing. He says, Facebook has reinterpreted friendship to mean anybody with whom you accept a connection with. Twitter reduces friendship and relationship to a mere following. Never before has humanity been more connected with our phones and in the internet, and yet, never before has humanity suffered so much anxiety and depression and loneliness. Our hyperconnection to web technology, he says, has only highlighted the relational holes in the human heart. Real relationships are messy. They are unpredictable. They are fluid. They are dynamic, but the best ones the best ones, the ones that truly change us, the ones that are marked by respect and trust and love and joy, they take time. And I have to say, after 30 years at Southwoods and all my life being a part of of churches, I know that biblical community takes time. It just does. But we have also seen that it happens beautifully beautifully in the context of groups, groups. Some of our groups here at Southwoods uh, meet in homes, like we saw the New Testament. Others meet here at church, like the ones that will start this Wednesday at refuge. Some of them gather to serve together. I think the creative arts is a good example because you see them every week. They, they gather here to use their gifts and abilities but before they use their gifts and abilities for us, they pray with one another. They pray for one another. They pray for you. Some of our groups gather together to, to go, like on a mission trip, like Kurt talked about a couple of weeks ago, all the way to Mexico, or how Terry and her band of sisters regularly go to the inner city to feed those and encourage those who need food and encouragement. There are all kinds of groups. We have groups that gather here to study the Bible, Others who gather mostly just to pray for each other. Others who gather to support one another through difficult times like grief share and even Financial Peace University. Things that help us. And we can say, I need help with that too. And we walk with people through things of life. We have other groups that gather just to hold one another accountable that say, you have permission in my life to, to, to help me stay on the path. And we talk about that with one another. There can be groups of children. There are groups of students. There are groups of families. There are groups here at Southwoods of men only and women only and men and women. And here's the thing. The key is not what the group looks like. But the, group, the, the key is that over time, the group's members will begin to look more like Jesus. The key is not so much what the group does but that over time, the members of the group would challenge each other by saying, what would Jesus do? That's the key of the types of groups that we have here at Southwoods. Jesus said, for wherever two or three of you gather together in my name, where is he? Right there in the middle. Right there in the middle of it. And I believe that if Jesus is right there in the middle of your group or your ministry team or your mission trip, I believe that good things are going to happen. The kind of things we just saw up there on the screen that were happening regularly in the early church. And so today, to help us kind of understand just a little bit more about some of the good things that are happening in those groups, I've invited some of our leaders, some of our group leaders, to come to the stage and to join me. And that is Stephen Leeming, and also uh, Wesley and Natalie Crow. And so as they're coming to the stage, and we're going to sit down in these blue chairs and we're going to look kind of like a group. And uh, we want them to come to our stage. I want to tell you a little bit about them. This is Wesley and Natalie Crow. A lot of you know Natalie Alton, one of the wonderful Alton girls here. Southwoods. Married just about a year, one year now. Congratulations. One One of the most beautiful weddings and one of the coldest days. (laughs) But a beautiful time. And they are now here not only joining us in many capacities, but they are leading one of our groups, uh, young adult group and doing a fantastic job and also serving as well on ministry teams as well so thank you guys this is Stephen tanya i don't know if you've ever seen Stephen tanya they've only been here for how many years
1: 27
0: 27 <laughs> years at southwest how many years you've been married
1: longer than 27
0: <laughs> longer than 40. 27 <laughs> 40 40 years yeah. congratulations thank you that's wonderful yeah. well done Not easy, Um, especially being married to Tanya. Yes, that
1: Come obvious, I think.
0: So these folks have been leading groups for many, many years. I know a lot of you have been in in their group as well. We're going to start with you guys. Tell us a little bit about your your journey, because there was a time when you weren't in a group. Um, Tell us a little bit about that step to get in the group, and then maybe the impact or the difference that being in a group has actually made in your life. Just share that with us, if you would. Well, I'll just just say,
1: we were invited to a group together, and Tanya said yes. She went, I didn't. So, uh, being the wise woman that she is, she didn't force me to go. I just kind of watched her, she began to grow, but being wise like she was, she decided to host the group at our house.
0: (laughs) Tricky, tricky. Had
1: to start going to small groups, and... And really, you know, that was just the opportunity. Uh, that's what small groups are to us. It was an opportunity to grow in our faith and our relationships. And, and uh, our faith was grown because we got in the word. Yeah. We got what God says to us, or his promises, how he speaks to us. And um, little by little then, my wife's w- wife said, uh, we'll teach, we'll lead. I said, ah, still gotta go with that. So anyway. <laughs> Uh, it's just—it's been awesome. The relationships, not only that—that that, uh, with our heavenly Father, which is the most important, but with all the people that we've been in small group with over 27 years. Mm-hmm. I don't have to look too far to tell you that these are some of my best friends.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, not too far at all. Lori. <laughs> so.
0: Amen to that. What kind of change did you see in your life, Tanya? Well, I think if um,
2: you mentioned at first, both of you, that you know we've been married for 40 years and. Uh, we've just had so much support with our marriage, um, just walking with other people. And we've, when whether we go to a group or whether we have led, we've been pretty um, open and honest. And it's, it's not always easy being married. And um, so I just, I know that that's contributed, you know, to, to the fact that we're, we're here. Uh, and then just two, our kids. It's made a difference in our family, mm-hmm. the way that they've always seen that that's a priority for mom and dad. And we've had groups in our house. Um, so I just, it's just made a huge difference in, in our family. Personal growth, obviously. Mm-hmm. We always say we don't wanna be the same in September that we are in May.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, we wanna just
0: always be growing and changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's what groups are all about. You guys have done that really well. You all, a little bit different question. Oops, that might've been me, sorry. Um, You're newly married, you both have brand new jobs, kind of important jobs in education, which require a lot of you, Um, new home, I mean, I know you've been in groups over the years as you were growing up, why did you say, we got a lot of stuff going on? You could have said, nah, we cannot possibly do another thing. I mean, why did you say, yeah, we want to be in a group? And and what difference has it made in you guys?
3: Um, I think, for me, it was another opportunity to serve God with a different part of our lives. Um, I've enjoyed serving with my musical talent, but to be able to give back to God and serve him with our home um, and and with the time that we have, um, I think has made a big difference. And also for us to, at least for me personally, I think it's pushed me to be in that different role. Having been a member pretty much my whole life of a small group is one thing, but then taking that next step to be a leader for me has pushed me out of my comfort zone in a good way. Um, It's challenged me to talk to people about joining our group and talk to people outside of church about my role in the church and what I do and how I spend my evenings. And it's given me the opportunity to share that with other people as well.
4: Yeah, and I, I feel like uh, in my personal life, um, I've really felt God's presence um, the most um, in every group that I've been. It's it's in groups, like, and it's it's kind of uh, ironic because uh, in a group setting, it's when I um, experience this one-on-one um, speaking to like from God's like from the Holy Spirit just. And so, yeah, when I'm in group, like, that's where I'm experiencing his presence the most. And so um, there's that. And also, personally, um, I think God really calls me to be with people. I'm a people person. So, you know, he equipped me with gifts of encouragement. And, like, boom, there's, like, that's a place where he was just pushing, you know. It wasn't even a, it wasn't for at all for a second, like, I don't know if I can handle it. It was like, this is where he needs me. This is where he's equipped me to like, to love on people and encourage them. So yeah, that's, that's, it was an easy decision for us yeah. and for me.
0: Yeah, I love that you bring that up, that you have been equipped to encourage others and you have equipped with other gifts to, to encourage and strengthen and, and just be with other people. I mean, how have you seen the impact of those gifts and just opening your home Um, and taking the time to spend with people, how have you seen it encourage and strengthen and support your group members? Again, without sharing anything confidential, but Mm -hmm. have you seen any kind of impact in their lives? Yeah, I think something that I hear a lot in our
3: age group of being out of college and just kind of starting in the workforce is that it's kind of strangely lonely. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though we have this freedom of being single or even if you are married, not having kids and um, you're in your 20s, but in a way, it's it's like the one thing I hear is, I just want friends, I want to be with people, I need people to talk to. Mm-hmm. So I've seen our group grow in numbers, mm-hmm. um, like physically grow, but I've also seen in our group um, people open up more. And I, I've seen, including ourselves, um, all of us grow in our walk with Christ because we have that community now. Mm-hmm. Um, we have each other to share the good times and the bad times, to share the, Oh, I've fallen short once again and then also to encourage each other and, and to get back up again and go out there and work for his kingdom. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Like you're you're able to encourage one another, obviously, to do what God has called you to do, which is to be disciples and to go and to um, make his name known. And so like you have other people to that are spurring you on to do that. But you know, it's it's really cool because again, like in God's upside-down kingdom, as we are loving each other more, we are like feeling God's love all the yeah. more. And so I think that that's what I see the most, is like that um, community, that word or camaraderie, something that comes to mind with me is like, that's not achieved unless you're consistently meeting and you're like, you're just, you're seeing each other all the time. And like with the experience I've had with small groups in my life, um, I've had some really, really, I've been really blessed with some really tight groups that I've been in um, and it, wasn't because we knew each other like yes i have some really good friends but everyone was really tight it was because we came to the group with the attitude of like man i just care so much about this person and what's going on in their life and as you were loving on them you were experiencing god's love like tenfold of you know what you would think if you were to go in and just get out of it you know it's just a group well Mm -hmm. but then if you go in and you really like take Take some I mean ownership of that like that group and like that um, the people in that group are you know they're a part of your life, and it does impact the kingdom, mm-hmm. it does like. It, uh, it's, it's so hard to put to words that like community feeling you get.
0: Yeah, um, I love seeing their passion, you know, I love that. I'd like to be in your group, but I'm not a young adult. So, I'm gonna talk to these guys again. <laughs> Tell us about y'all, what kind of uh, impact have you seen in the lives of those you've been leading?
2: Oh, my lands, well, kind of to piggyback what you, you say, um, I I have seen things, and I'll share that too, but good grief what we've been blessed, you know, just to have people walk alongside of us. Um, because life is great but sometimes it's messy too so you don't know exactly what you're gonna be going through so our group, our group has just ministered to us throughout the years over and over. Um, what I've seen, I've seen healings of physical um, physical issues. I've seen marriages that had problems that um, got better because they had a safe place to talk mm-hmm. about something. When you're in a group, you know, we're not counselors, um, but just just somebody that you can, safe people, that you mm-hmm. can talk to. Um, what else have we seen?
1: Uh, we've just been the beneficiary of, of having wise people in our group that were maybe a little more mature in their walk. and. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the other great benefit you get from small groups is, is wisdom from some of your group members, and and it just puts that discipline in, it put discipline in my life to be in relationship with uh, God every day. Mm-hmm. So, because uh, we have a relational God, it's not an intellectual experience. It's it's a relationship, and yeah. so.
2: And I think too, and, and what we always say is we just we we pray and invite the Holy Spirit to lead the group because um, those of you that know me, my words can sure mess things up. So I don't want to, I just want to open my front door and just am thankful to have a front door to open. And I'm always just amazed at who God brings through that front door. It's just an honor, really. And so we always say, you know, we're just, we're we're leaders of it. Um, but we, you know, we really aren't biblical teachers. And that's a great thing, too, I think, Lori. Like when we first started, Steve I believe had the misconception I'm talking for you um, that you know to go to go to a small group that you had to know the Bible and uh, I think for all of us that can be you know a little scary and that's not what it is we're all just learning and and being open and going through a study together whatever it is if it's a book of the Bible or a video series or it it can all look different
0: that's such a great point both to uh, the leadership I heard Steve say, you know, we had others in the group that were wiser than us, you know. Lots. So you don't have to be at your, the top of your game, to use a Super Bowl kind of yeah. thing. You don't have to be a Super Bowl person already to lead a life group, you nope. know. It's all about we're all just in this together, learning and growing. And, and you're saying the same thing about don't feel like you can't get into a group because you don't know everything about the Bible. No, that's the whole point. Exactly. That's the whole point is to jump in there together and to grow. Um, which makes me think, and this is kind of our last question. Uh, what would you all say, just anybody in on this one? I imagine there are folks sitting here in our blue chairs or listening on the live stream who are saying, I would like to get in a group, but, huh, you know, time or whatever, all these different things that become the hurdles or the obstacles to taking that next step. What would you say to encourage folks uh, to kind of overcome and to, to have the courage to, to take that next step? Any, any wisdom, advice, counsel? Well, church is obviously wonderful
2: and we want to be here, but um, if I have something wrong this afternoon, the people that are going to um, come and help me are the people that I've spent, you know, whether it's women's groups or accountability or our small groups, those are the people, because this is great, but I can't talk individually to each one of you. And so to be able to really do life together, we have to be we have to be in some sort of group relational together and and there it is a lonely time in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean I'm in the medical field, and I see so much just depression and sadness and um, just to have people to you know to walk through life together it it's fun mm-hmm. you know to share the joys and when there's some sadness, yeah, you can have some sadness, but lots and lots of joy just to have a real friendship mm-hmm. absolutely
1: I would just say that you know for me I, I thought I was. I could get my spoonful of Christianity on Sunday and that would be good. And, and uh, you know, even though I was a believer most of my life, I was really kind of a baby Christian. And so small groups have just kind of lit the Holy Spirit fire uh, where I became hungry for to be in relationship. And so I would just say, if you think, you know, you're gonna grow in your relationship by your 30 minutes on Sunday, you're gonna be kind of like I was, a baby
4: Christian, so. Yeah. Um,
0: Good words. Anything to add to those who might be considering?
4: Yeah, it's definitely it's it's one of it's like a part of balancing uh, your faith. Uh, you know, I I have a friend who's like the opposite of me, and he's like I really experience God the most just when I'm one on one. I was like, but you know, and I I experience him the most when I'm in a group. But you need both, and I think mm-hmm. my encouragement to be would be to the people who you know are thinking about doing a group or. Um, haven't been in a group or really experienced that community or camaraderie we've talked about, uh, It would, I guess it would just be that like the church, um, the disciples, believers, we're, like, we're called to be God's hands and feet. So if, you know, you can come to church on Sunday and you can hear about the good works he's doing and you can uh, hear about the gospel and um, understand who God is more and the promises he has for your life. But if you want to experience his love like firsthand, tan- like tangibly and also, you can just see it through the way the Holy Spirit moves. I mean, the small group is such a perfect way for that because, I mean, we have an opportunity to love one another, and then of course take that and like open the door and just see who comes in. And, like, um, you know, we're called to to love one another, and then to that encourages us to then go out and you know share the gospel and spread the kingdom. So, yeah, it's a really the small groups are a perfect way for that.
3: I would say it's it's a really non-threatening way to explore God. I know every group I've ever been in has just been a group of people. It's not the group of perfect Christians who are doing the extra credit outside of Sunday service. (laughs) Um, But it really is, no matter what walk of life or if you've been a lifelong Christian or someone who's just come to Christ, the different perspectives that are offered and how open and safe it is is so great. And so I would say just to try it, like go one week, don't even commit, just try it and see what it feels like. And I know that we just talked about in our group, we had a session on finding true peace and true rest. And it didn't come through having a free evening or having nothing to do that Saturday where you could just lay around, but it came through seeking God. And even if we find ourselves really busy, I think that true rest and that true peace doesn't come through. All right, I can't do one more thing, but it comes through doing the right thing, and mm-hmm. and at least for us, that's been
0: joining a group. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, thank you, both of you guys. Yeah, I give my big old hand. <laughs> we had a slide up here earlier because obviously today is all about groups so we'd love to encourage you to get involved in a group and uh, just to let you know we have life groups. We actually right now have about eight or nine life groups that are meeting very regularly. Uh, We have five women's groups that meet women only. We have two men's ministry That's the guys right there, the guy with the Bible. And then our refuge classes meet on, uh, we have two men's groups, did I say that well? And then also refuge happens every quarter for just four weeks. So those are kind of short-term groups, but an opportunity to really kind of have some focused learning uh, on various things. And also we have a lot of our support groups that meet then as well. Um, Kind of a fun thing today, in addition to the Super Bowl, is that we want to invite you to stop by our lobby. And a lot of our group leaders, the ones who are here in town, will be there and there's some name tags for them and you can just meet a group leader if you've never had a chance you can look for your group leader just to uh, say thanks for leading or if you want some more information they're the best ones to ask also all the information about our groups is always on our website it's at the information table and there's some information in the lobby as well so we're inviting you to spend five minutes in the lobby for group stuff any kind of answers or questions that you have and then also then get out on the sidewalk and do kind of a group thing we're gonna just go on up the sidewalk to door Number four. The students have prepared, I think Cody said, 10, ten crock pots of soup. So it is Super Sunday, and uh, they would just like to, to, to see you there. So we want to encourage you to, to come to that as well. And then, of course, we have this other thing called the Super Bowl, right? Tonight. So big day, lots planned. Greg is ready. And uh, he's very red, red-y, Greg. I don't know if you noticed this, this wonderful jacket. But he's here to close us out today. And again, just thanks for your time this morning. And thanks to Steve and Tanya, Wesley, and Natalie. So appreciate it. And again, thank you for being here today. And stop by the lobby. We'd love to talk to you more.
5: I uh, wanted you to stand. And uh, <clears throat> I am in my Patrick Mahomes red here today, who uh, we've already prayed for him this morning, is going to have a good game and we prayed for our team too that they would win because some of you kind of have this idea that like you only pray that nobody gets hurt. It's fine for you. <laughs> if, you're, if you're pleased with mediocrity, psh, go for that. I, on the other hand, am praying that the Chiefs win. And uh, we, I, we were joking about this. We prayed about this, uh, our guys in Mexico a few weeks ago. You remember this, don't, don't you guys? They're all giving me grief and we prayed and Chiefs fell behind 24 to nothing. And then what happened? We, we, won. we won. We won. Yeah, they came back. So anyway, we're going to pray that they win because uh, we're in Kansas City, not San Francisco. But anyway, that's another thing. Now, more important than that, though, how good is Patrick Mahomes going to be if he's, like, out there on the field by himself today? Not good. I mean, you can have the premier talented quarterback in the country on the field. You could have 10 other guys, you know, uh, standing on the sideline and, and no – no can do. You don't win that way. you got to have a team. And the reality is we are made for this. And I know some of us resist this. Just the Word of God, friends up here on the platform, lots of us who've been walking with God for years are just pleading with you. If you're not in a group, please take the opportunity today to connect with some other people You need to laugh with some other people who are laughing. You need to mourn with some other people who are mourning. You need to serve and be served. You need to love and be loved. You need to celebrate and be celebrated by others. You need all of these things and more. You were made for that. So uh, don't miss out on the opportunity we're giving you today. And we give you regularly, but jump in today if you would, all right? Let's bow our heads and pray. Hope you'll talk to some of our group leaders on the other side and then head on up to the Super Bowl Sunday. Father, thank you for uh, seeing that uh, it's not good that we be alone. It's intriguing to me that, uh, (laughs) that Adam had you even in that moment, and yet you still concluded that he needed somebody with flesh to be in relationship with besides just you. And so, Father, we thank you for that, ask God that you would help every one of us to just be wise and to take these opportunities to connect with others, that we might be more fully who you want us to be, and that we might help others to grow toward who you want them to be, and that together uh, we'll be stronger and better than we would ever be on our own. Father, we're just are grateful for these groups represented up here on the platform, for all of our groups. Would you pour your spirit into those groups? Would you allow them to be vibrant? Would you allow leaders to multiply? Would you, would you prompt people to, uh, to jump into those groups? And uh, God, as you do that, uh, we'll rejoice at all that you do. Now, would you go with us? Would you bless the chiefs today? And uh, thank you for, for blessing us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys.